What's up, everybody? I'm Kyle Hamilton, All-American Safety for University of Notre Dame, and I just want to say thank you for tuning into the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Welcome, guys, to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Back at it again, me and everyone's favourite writer, at Lord Luke and Keith. How you doing, my friend? <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right, mate. Um, we've just had a little, like, a, a sip of coffee for college football. Now we're getting to a full Duncan fest of a weekend, aren't we? Yeah, not to sound uh, too much like a flaming Tory, but that that week zero was the aperitif. Is it, is that what they call it? I don't I don't know no, my French know, particularly well, but um, yeah, week zero was a lot of fun. We saw Zach Charbonnet finally do mm. what he was meant to do at Michigan. Absolute killer performance for UCLA. Uh, but today we're going to be talking week one previews. But before we get on to that, we are going to talk about everyone's favorite college football award. That's the Heisman Memorial Trophy. I'm going to throw some curveballs out there, but I'll let you start, Keith. Who are your front runners for Heisman winners this year? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't want to be obvious, but obviously, if Spencer Rattler, if Oklahoma, as well as we assume they're going to do, um, more than likely is down to Spencer Rattler. And quarterbacks obviously win this award often last year and a few other little patterns with Ed. Um, so he's, he's a red hot favourite, isn't he? I think he's six to one. Uh, with Sky Bet with us at the moment. Um, you know, I don't want to look past him because I, I, I do. It's so boring. It's so boring. Um, if you think about it, uh, any of the top four, uh, any team that makes a playoff and the quarterback has done okay, um, you know, they've also got to be statistically decent. All um, win with a shout. Um, there are running backs that can break this. Um, you've Probably got a defensive back in there that you might have a sneak. Uh, two of them, even. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I know the other one as well, actually. That's a good shout. Um, Sam Howe, you know, Did you think like Sam Howe really has the swagger for like that type of award winner, though? Because when we look at guys who've won the Heisman, it is typically a guy with a bit of swagger to their game. A bit, a bit like Joe Burrow is probably the most, like, plain guy you seen yeah, win the Heisman but even then he had moments in games where he was tapping his ring finger and he was doing um the gun lean on yeah. on the sidelines and smoking fat cigars mate I mean, yeah, yeah. and we saw it with Kyler Murray Baker Mayfield mm. guys who've come before they've always been very big personalities do you think somehow has the type of personality that's going to get the media's attention uh off the field as well as on it no absolutely not but <laughs> <laughs> But if he throws, if he throws for a silly amount, I mean, I don't think he will. But he's got, they will be relying on him a lot more than they did last year, because obviously they had the fantastic running backs there. So they'll be relying on him a lot more. Um, and if UNC go and shock someone and, or win the ACC, he's got to be in with a shout. Um, I don't think any of that happens, obviously. Um, um, the Clemson quarterback, whose name I'll butcher, so we just call him DJ. Um, Obviously, a lot of eyes on him, but that offense is going to look very different as well. I don't know. Uh, I don't know statistically if he's got enough, to, you know, 
I don't know. I, 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 I'm quite low on cleansing, actually. Well, the one game we saw him in last year, he still put up 400 plus <laughs> yards. So statistically, he could be sound. It's whether he's winning games or not, I think, for a yeah. team like Clemson, because they are always, well, in recent history, especially, they're always going to be like a playoff sort of team. It, I think it really matters that how he progresses at that mm. last part of the season rather than how good he is at the start. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. We did actually obviously get to see a whole game against a very good team and um, he lost, but he's unlucky. And he, he, he didn't lose the game. Yeah, yeah, of course he didn't. And um, Dark Horses, I'm going to throw two names at you. We're not going to talk about defensive guys yet, but two potential Dark Horses <laughs> we have for the Heisman Award this year. Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter. How do, how do these guys fall into the plans? Because they're not Power 5 guys but they obviously have the talent and they play a very exciting game. How do these guys look in the Heisman race? I, I love Ritter. Man, I love Ritter. Um, so underrated still, I think. Um, Going to be a first-round quarterback, right? If he like last year, I can't see how he's not. Um, I really want him to be a first-round quarterback. No, Cincinnati... Cincinnati got two tough games, right? If they can take the AAC, the Two tough games, and it's um, no Dame and Iowa State. I think. Oh, God, I should have checked that. Uh, but win both of them um, is already in the competition, right? I mean, know, him versus no, Brock Purdy. Yeah, yeah. That, that's going to be a hell of a game. But it, it, I think those two games will really be important for his, his, his Heisman watch, essentially, because... Yeah. They're, they're two tough teams. I'm not saying guys like UCF and SMU aren't tough teams, but they're not the caliber of Iowa State or, or Notre Dame, even close. Yeah, that, that, that's his mark. If he can perform in those two games, they'll be on the telly as well. Yeah, they'll go through. Now, Malik Willis, I don't think I'm as high on Malik Willis as a half prospect. Um, scares me a lot, actually. Um, exciting. Exciting college quarterback, and of course, for a Heisman, that's what you're. That's what you want. You want someone that's joining your GSC. You should be the best player in college football. It's not always that. It's, it's normally um, the best quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Being dual threat, Lamar won it. Um, yeah, Willis has a chance. Of course, he does. Um, Liberty. I mean, who are they playing? Who are they playing? They need to. They need to have a proper breakout game, and he needs to bust it open. Um, but yeah, potentially. Look, he's gonna he's gonna fill up stats on on passing and rushing. He's gonna look good. Um, I just as a draft prospect, he, he makes me very nervous, and I'm come from a team that's drafted Trey Lance. So yeah, yeah. Well, nervous. that's why I'm trying to be a bit higher on Desmond Ritter because mm. famously I've missed on three huge quarterbacks: Justin Herbert. I mean, Josh Allen, I've been high on, but I wasn't super high on him going into the draft. And obviously, Patrick, everyone missed on Josh Allen. Um, if um, you watch that Wyoming tape, what is it? And then Patrick Mahomes. Because mm. for me, it, it was all, you know, it was all shirt, no trousers. It was all big game, <laughs> making big throws, but a lot of them were off platform. Their feet yeah. didn't look great. Like the, Trey Lance, another guy who I might miss on, but. And I know you're a 49ers fan, but I was watching his preseason. I was screaming at the TV because he was pigeon-toeing almost every throw, which speaks to his arm strength, that he can stand <laughs> pigeon-toed. Yeah. 
and still put a ball 30 yards through the air when he's essentially having to throw across his body. So I think that speaks to his arm strength. But Desmond Ridd is a guy I'm going to not be as conservative as I was with these other guys with kind of poor mechanics and not, you know, above average tape, but not anything that looks like it's NFL worthy. So I think those two as dark horses, but I agree with you on Malik Willis. Is Like, he's insanely... He's a great athlete. He is mm. absolutely incredible. He makes some great throws as well. Make no mistake yeah, about it. it. But we saw in the Coastal game, a half-decent yeah. defense will jam him up and he'll throw mo- multiple interceptions. Yeah, he still ran in, like, what, two, three touchdowns on the ground. But it, you can't do that in the NFL. Look, no, Mike Vick, see, guys like Mike Vick and Lamar right. Jackson only last so long doing what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. They have to get to a point where they then have to throw more than they run. Yeah, that's no, fair, that's fair. I mean, I said, I think there's a prospect, he's scary, scary. Let's see what he does. He's got another year. Um, he's really high tied out of high school, isn't he? So, um, yeah, if he does. But there's a Heisman, I don't see it. I don't see it. Uh, really, yes, I'd love if Cincinnati can... And they're not, not going to get into the top four, obviously. Well, I doubt. Unless they sweep the whole season and we need some... Your teams have had at least a, a one loss and a, a, probably a nasty one as well uh, for them to get in there. Uh, they can, they can get, where did they finish last year? Is it seventh? Right? Seventh, yeah. And then they, lo- they lost to Georgia, I think, in yeah. the, uh, the their bowl game. Well, a repeat of that. Ten team and with statistical numbers and, of course, he's going to be entertaining. He's got a shot if the other, other quarterbacks have to struggle, obviously. And Luke Fickle's a great coach. I mean, he coached mm. at Ohio, Ohio State in the, you know, in the aftermath of all the shit that had happened there. I think he was not yeah. long for that world. Uh, but yeah, he's a very good coach. He knows what he's doing. He can recruit. Look at some of the guys he's brought in. So he he clearly knows what he's doing. Um, but that moves us to, I'm going to throw two defensive candidates out there. I think you know who one of them is, but we're not going to, we'll talk about him last. And the first one is Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. I think, him and Derek Stingley are in contention for the best college football player, full stop. Let's just forget about position groups. I think him and Stingley are the two biggest guys in college football. And we've seen guys like Chase Young be nominated and guys like Ndomukun Sue who... Ndomukun Sue dominated when, when he was at, was at Nebraska. And he was putting up video game-like stats game after game after game, and he still only got a chance to sniff at the Heisman. So do you think Kayvon Thibodeau has what it takes to finally become the first offensive Heisman since 1997? No. I really, really wish it could be true um, because he's a proper special player. Um, I don't think as a as a an age you you got what fifteen twenty. It's all about numbers. Let's face it. I mean, ultimately, um, I'm afraid stats do play a massive part in this. Um, he needs to have fifteen plus sacks probably. Uh, he's asking a hell of a lot. Um, of all courses, um, but also for a defensive player to win it, the offensive players have to underperform as well. Uh, all it takes is one quarterback to do reasonably well, you know, in, in, in a top four in a playoff team, and they'll probably win it. Um, so that's a stats against productivity. Such a shame because, um, yeah, probably, I think for me, he's probably the best player in a yeah. NFL prospect. 
Yeah, he's he's Jason. ridiculous. I, yeah. I I just know as well he'll end up at Washington or somewhere who <laughs> have so much talent on that D line. Yeah, there's no need for that. <laughs> they'll trade Sweat away for like a first round pick and then put Kayvon Thibodeau in his place, and they'll just be the team terrorizing quarterbacks all season. Um, but then Derek Stingley, who is my favorite for the Heisman for reasons we'll get onto in a moment, and the guy who I think is the best player in college football right now. What do you think of his chances, given the fact that he's going to be playing offense in some capacity this year? Well, he's doing this to have a shot at this, right? I mean, that's we as an NFL uh, NFL teams don't need to see him catching parties at White. We don't need that. Um, he's never doing that on Sundays, I don't think. Um, he's clearly going to try and do this up Heisman um, appeal, mate. If he nabs. Again, it's all numbers, I'm afraid, but if he, if he nabs half a dozen in um, a proper highlight real moment and you add on, I don't know, what, five touchdown catches, 300 yards receiving kick returns if he wants to do that. He's doing kick returns you know, as well. <laughs> he's based, That's what I said, the reasons I get onto. He's basically doing what Charles Woodson did and yeah, I think he's very, very smart. Because yeah. He's he's going to be the first cornerback off the board regardless. I think that's a given at this point. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he wants to play offense and special teams is purely for legacy. It's purely for yes. the Heisman. Yeah. And the fact that, I don't know whether this was Swader's decision at all, but he, he's been given the number seven this year. Jamar Chase gave it to him. That's how the number seven at LSU works. Gets mm. handed by player to player. It's not a coach's thing. Um I think he could potentially win the Heisman just off of that, the fact that he's going to be uh, playing both sides of the ball. Although not week one, he said he's not playing offense against UCLA just because he's had kind of like um, some nagging injuries and we, we don't want to, you know, don't want to blow his wad in the first game. And that's no, a gambling term that. for you people with your mind in the gutter. Um, <laughs> it's, it, uh, look, Charles Woodson... Deion Sanders, uh, Patrick Peterson, these are all guys who played offense in the NFL when needed. Do do you think he can do that if he wins the Heisman? If he can prove that he's got what it takes to go out there? Because I think he's just going to be used on like third downs and like red zone threats, mm. more of as a distraction than anything yeah, else. I was gonna say, he, could, he's going to be able to catch stuff. Yeah, no, as a decoy, is still valuable. Um, there's a better chance than Tibber, though, because obviously there will be more opportunity to see him on the field. Um, still don't think so, mate, because it, it's got to be a perfect storm, hasn't it? It's got to be a perfect storm for that to happen. But he has a sniff. Of course he does. Um, I tell you, if he puts up silly numbers defensively and makes those big plays, we, you know, he makes those all the time anyway. Um, it's what LSU need to do, as you know, they need to play well this year. They need to, they need to start making themselves a bit of a force again so people take them them on and all those big games um, if he does that what chance but like I said offensive players will probably always win this award for the future yeah and I mean it, it benefits Stingley now that we've got a coordinator who knows what the fuck he's doing because <laughs> last year Bo Pelini did you know dude had no clue what he was doing and that, that was clear on the field yeah so I think I'm still going to put him as my favourite, but are we going to go with... Um, 
can't forget his name. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma QB one. Uh, <laughs> I keep forgetting his name because I get him confused with Desmond Ridder so often. Oh, do I? oh God, mate! I've it, called him Desmond Rattler. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, we're going to say Spencer Rattler's your favourite. People don't like him. <laughs> I, nobody likes him. Ever no. since that show came out uh, with him the, on, everyone's thought he's a knob. Yeah, anyone who's watched QB One knows that he's a. Yeah, I'm on my language, but he's not. Yeah, he's not, he's not my cover of a person. Well, he wasn't then. We're a few years removed, of course. Um, insanely talented, um, and probably in a conference that are going to absolutely smash, um, put big numbers up on. So. I'm afraid that's my favourite. I don't want it to be. Um, I'd love a dark horse. This Hall has a shot. The, the running back. He's the focal point at Iowa State team. They need to. They probably need to beat Oklahoma for that to happen as well. Um, a well running back's he, probably got to put up a few thousand yards. I was going to say he's got to put up at least 120, 150 yards a game to be in with a oh, shot. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely has to um, and be impressive. Can't just be a. We are to carry back. Um, yeah, sorry, there's no receipt. I mean, obviously, Smith last year was such a, it was a surprise, but it was the right decision. It was the right award if he was the best player in college football last year. Um, I think in previous years, that might have gone to Mac Jones. Yeah, if it, even then, I think if Jalen Waddle was healthy, given the way the season was, that Jalen Waddle probably could have been in for a shot of that award too. Yeah, 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 I agree with that, yeah. Uh, but let's get on to our, our week one previews now because we had week zero we watch hawaii get chewed up and spat out uh so let's start with uh the first game you wanted to talk about which was virginia tech versus north carolina if i'm not mistaken yeah this is um i'm a bit of a sucker for virginia tech because obviously that um that whole entrance thing is mint and i've actually been there uh not in a game where they had all that going on um Many many moons ago, it was actually uh, Michael Vick's brother's quarterback. His oh, name Marcus. Was Marcus. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's the only college football stadium I've visited. So I have a soft spot in your tech. I just think um, this is a sneaky game because North Carolina are favoured, but that offence is different. Um, I think Virginia Tech might get them cold. Uh, if they do that, that really. But the cat might have pigeons for who is well, it means probably Miami only has to beat North Carolina to face Clemson in the start game. That's I think Virginia Tech have the ball to go the, the whole distance with them. I think they can cause a shock here if they do that. Sam Howell Heisman over straight away, they can forget any of that talk. Um, yeah, that's my that's just my prediction. I love that stadium and uh. Clash of two decent uh, uniforms as well. Yeah, the atmosphere there is absolutely crazy. I've never been... uh, My college football experiences have been mostly limited to Mac games, which is, you know... I don't know. It's a sloppy game, but you can get drunk for cheap. So I say that much. But I actually have UNC edge in it. I know, obviously, you have... I don't think it's going to be the beatdown that some people are thinking, because I know a lot of people are so high on North Carolina. Mm. But they do have a tendency at the season opener to come out a little bit cold, like you said, and yeah. they could get caught. I think I think Sam Howell's talented enough where they're, they're just going to edge it. It's going to be a close game for sure, and it's going to be a very entertaining, but I think that that's a tilt that UF, UNC wins. 
yeah, I think there's a potential trap game. That's all. Um, like I said, that offense is changing, and I rely heavily on how and he's got a couple of decent edges after him. And yeah, you know, they probably don't have enough offensive stuff going on. Um, receiving cause why um, I really liked Hendon Hook, but he left me to be a backup at Tennessee, so that worked out well. Yeah, I was going to say they're they're a little talent devoid at the moment. It's one of those schools that you know every so often they have some amazing players come along, but it's few and far between, and never really enough to put them over that edge. Yeah, they're always um, certain. That's what they are. And just okay. Yeah, <laughs> I could have said Spurs there, but I think we're better than that. <laughs> no, no, they're a lot more talented than Spurs. They actually might win some hardware. Uh, oh, steady on. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we get into a game that I'm very excited to watch, and I think fans of left-handed quarterbacks will be very excited to watch. And, and I'm going to poke a little jab at UCLA here because uh, they haven't sold out the Rose Bowl, even though they've been giving tickets away, which is fantastic. <laughs> but LSU's bought up all the away tickets, which shows how well we travel. Um, but it's UCLA versus LSU. It's going to be in California. I only see this game going one way personally, but obviously we have Max Johnson in who, despite two amazing games last year. It's still a little bit of an unknown quantity com- uh, compared to Miles Brennan, who went down with a... Just a guy who is so unfortunate. Last year, he went down with an injury so bad that if they did surgery on it, they would have named the surgery after him. That's how, how unusual of an injury it was. And then this year, problems with his arm and his shoulder. So Max Johnson's out there. How how do you see this game going, Keith? Because I only see it going one way, personally. Well, we all... I caught the UCLA Hawaii game and Hawaii were awful. I mean, awful. Uh, ETR was just bang average when he missed some easy throws. Rusty. I mean, it was weak. You know, you know, he's got the benefit, I guess, of at least running his team through a game. Um, it won't be enough. No, I don't think so. Um, where Sting is clever here is a game that make an announcement straight away. Do you know what I mean? everything and then I don't think they've got the receivers to do to just jump everything we got two of the best corners in the country in Derek Stingley and Elias Ricks and obviously Cordell Flott's still floating around there a little bit and he, he's he's good he's not top level or anything but he's still a good corner I don't and, and with Zach Charbonnet um, for UCLA I think he's going to be their biggest threat all game but we've seen with guys like Ali Gay and Mike Jones Jr., we can just stack the box and absolutely suffocate that run game. Uh, and then obviously we're going to have guys like Keishon Butte on the field, um, mm. John Emery. We, we're just going to absolutely we're gonna run a train on him. John Trey oh, Kirk, line is- our line is ridiculously good. Uh, between Ed Ingram and what's his name? I think, uh, Aust- Wit Merculus or something. I can't fucking <laughs> I've never been able to pronounce like his God. Name. No, it's like Austin Deculus or something. I've never been able to like really pronounce it. But he's an <laughs> he's an absolute animal. Um we've got the best kicker in college football right now in Cade York. We're just we are gonna absolutely bang all over him, I think. And you say I'm not saying UCLA are a bad team, I just think we're different mustard at this point. So it's going to be interesting to see how it stacks out. And I think really this is a game where Zach Charbonnet can prove that he wasn't just running all over a terrible 
mm. Mountain West team that he can actually do it against the big dogs. How do you think he does this game against you know guys like Ali Gay and Mike uh, Mike Jones Jr. Well, he was he was always decent for Michigan, wasn't he? Um, I just kept him in a rotation. No, he's hard with the if not over there. It doesn't really matter. Um, he's got yeah, he's got some California sun on his back, and he's looked different. Looked a different beast uh, last week. It'll be a tougher sled, obviously. Um, but I do like him. I think he's uh, yeah, he's quite talented. And the problem is, at issue, yeah, with, with receiving court, they're going to put up points. There won't be a need for Charbonnet after the second court could be chasing. Um, and that's when detail will make mistakes, I think, and get finished. And I see LSU winning by, I don't know, touchdowns, probably more, possibly. And I think it's going to be a very, honestly, I think it's going to be a very exciting game. So I think it's going to be a little bit one-sided. Yeah, I don't want to predict a slaughter or anything, because I think that's a little bit unfair to UCLA and, and how good they actually are. But, you know, I think it's going to be a little bit of a walk in the park, if I'm totally mm. honest. And um, just it's just funny because that's that's I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the games are actually gonna there's a lot of games going on tonight which are gonna be these walk in the park things like mm. with Coastal Citadel, Tulsa UC Davis, Weber State versus Utah. Um, I think um, the biggest mismatch is Tennessee versus Bowling Green. And I have to give a shout out to my girlfriend's alma mater there, but they're going to get fucking stomped on. <laughs> Even a guy who, who I had a little bit of a hand in, in coaching at high school plays for them. I don't feel they're going to do very well personally. <laughs> um, but but let's move it on to the next game. You, What was the next game you wanted to talk about? Uh, I think a game that's certainly from, from the British viewing point of view, um, even on, so uh, it's sort of slipping under the radar. It's Penn State with Constant, and that's some well, for a week one game. That's pretty decent. Um, ultimately, everyone will get swept aside by a high state and big, obviously. But this is, you know, pretty much the let's try and keep up. And, and someone's got to make a statement in this game. I fancy Penn State actually. Um, I think they are favoured. Uh, it's Sean Clifford that bothers me. Uh, there's a lot of talent in that Penn State team, but you can't have a quarterback. I mean, and of course, uh, Wisconsin have uh, Mertz and obviously looked in patches last year. So um, it's not a quarterback glory battle, this one. Um, it's one of those horrible roll your sleeves up and we'll probably pull you to tears kind of thing. I think from a result point of view, it's quite an important game rather than a spectacle. I think the result of it will be quite um, yeah, Paul go forward. And then uh, it's one of those games where it could, the, the teams are so evenly matched, but obviously Penn State's really struggled in recent years. Uh, it's a game that I, I don't want to call because it's, it's one that I can see either team taking. And I was, I was so bold about Nebraska the other day. I actually feel a little bit bad about making another <laughs> pick and, and after what happened in that Illinois game. So, so I'm not really sure where to call it. But um, the I think the biggest game we're, we're both going to be looking forward to this Saturday is Georgia versus Clemson. Oh, yeah. That's going to be ridiculous, right? But I'm, we've been watching for a long, long time. I can't remember week one thing like this. Send two teams that haven't played yet out, play this game. That's a massive game for both of them. Uh, Especially as an opener, because normally schools like this 
pay some better, yeah. school or some FCS school a hundred grand or whatever to beat on them. I mean, look, Texas A and M are playing Kent State. Um, Florida are playing Florida Atlantic. Yeah. Like, look, even Auburn are playing like Akron and, yeah. and, and stuff keeping, like that. So I respect. You mean State and just smash them? Yeah, I respect both of these schools for not saying let's knock the rust off and put a hundred up. This is going to be a hell of a game. Who, who do you think edges it? Because I, I know a lot of people picking Georgia, but I'm sticking with Clemson on this one. Mate, I'm going Georgia. Because I want something this year in the college football world. I want, some, I want someone to challenge Alabama. I want, I want some parity in that SEC. And I want Georgia to be that team because they're good enough to do it. Uh, but to do that, they have to be Clemson straight away. I don't think you can take the Clemson loss and... I mean, you'll still get a check uh, if you win out. You've only got Florida, really, I think, to challenge you there. Um, that's your, your SEC title game, then with Alabama, if you get that, that point. That loss, well, that's early, and of course, they do forgive early losses. Um, Georgia plays Clemson going to SEC title game unbeaten, which I think should guarantee them. If they lose, let's just say they lose to Alabama, I still think I should guarantee them a top four. That's that not, why I think it's so big. Is that not a bit of a waste, though, for them to do all that just to choke in the playoffs like they always do? <laughs> <laughs> they, they are. It, it, it's kind of ironic that they share their logo with the Green Bay Packers and seem to be on the same trajectory every time they, they, they hit, a, hit a playoff game. But do you think this is the year where they finally, you know, get that monkey off their back, so to speak, and finally, you know, make it to a national championship like um, with a good chance of winning it again? I just want to believe. <laughs> well, I don't even like George that much, but I, just, I like, I want to see different teams. Um, I just think Alabama's on a little bit of a rebuild. I just, they're there. I think it's there for the taking. Um, I think, I think, unless you're too far away at the moment, mate, I'm afraid. Only a little bit. Only a little bit. Yeah, I think um, we I need another think... year. We got, we got yeah. guys who are top level, but they need to develop a little bit. I think Florida, beats them, but I think Georgia beats them. Um, and there's nothing else there for me. Um, same in Texas, same in um, very decent. But I think if Georgia and Texas same in have a chance to take advantage of a really not a band, which is still the bloody five stars. Let's face it. Um, but there for take Clemson. I am a little bit low on Clemson. I know everyone, like we said before, um, he had a great game when he stepped in because he's had produced at least some tape. We know he's good. Dustin um, Roth is coming back from a year out. You know, no one else really stood up last year. Those all those guys got drafted. There's no ETN. Defense is decent still. Um, it's young. You know, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm looking for. I want to change from that top four, man. I want to. I want to. I want to switch out a little bit. I really want. If Georgia beats Clemson straight away. Clemson in a little bit of a spin then. I mean, they will win every they would, game. They would have to dominate almost every other game to be in with a chance of like being like yeah. a, a top four team. Ohio State probably won't lose a game. Oklahoma won't lose a game. So I mean, those two are probably almost certainly in. Um, if, they, if they don't screw themselves over, then they'll probably be in. But you can't afford to lose one. You can afford to lose one early. That's probably one of the reasons these two teams are taking this game because if you do lose, you may be able to... Yeah, if you, if you do dominate the rest of your schedule, this will get forgotten. But 
what a statement if you if Georgia come out and beat them. Yeah, and Ohio State are actually playing their first game just a few hours after we record this. They're playing Minnesota, which my favourite name team in college football, by the way, the Golden Gophers. Golden Gophers. <laughs> yeah. uh, but another, I mean. Ten years ago, this match would have been a lot more of a heavyweight showdown, but we've got Alabama versus Miami, the Miami of Florida, of course, because as we know, Miami of Miami of Ohio do not matter in the slightest. I live by <laughs> Oxford. It is the worst place in the country. I absolutely hate it. Imagine you filled a town with uh, a thousand kids who all think they're going to be the next uh, Jordan Belfort. It's an absolute shit show, mate. But Alabama versus the... Uh, it's Roll Tide versus the Canes. How do you think that game is going to go down? Because I think we know it's going to go one way. Oh, some terrible red clander there, aren't they? <laughs> um, yeah. Eric King had up his knee right in the last season and he was... Fully healthy. I'm sure they're going to wheel him out and tell him, tell us we are, he is healthy. We won't be 100%. Um, even then, they'd still get smashed, but at least he'd be entertaining. I just fear for poor Burt King's life because I love him as a player. He's so fun to watch. Um, I hope he doesn't get slaughtered in this. Um, but Miami, for me, they're sort of an, an overrated team anyway. Um, I think some to some extent, they're still living off that 2001 season. And I, d- I don't mean that they're like, but that's all you ever hear from them. Like, they have flashes of brilliance and they have some big recruits every now and then. But all, all it comes back to from the fans, especially, is, what about 2001? We was really good then. And they haven't really made any noise since, if I'm going to be completely honest. And as much as the Eric King is a great quarterback, don't get me wrong, I think Bryce Young's going to blow him out the fucking water, to be honest. There's a reason this young man has already done $2 million in NIL deals. And it's... Yeah, it, that's come at the right time. <laughs> yeah, like he stepped into the starting spot and already made $2 bucks. It's ridiculous, but... I'd leave now, save my health. <laughs> Just you know what I mean? Tools. Senior year is never going to happen again for players. No. I, I, I've always said that senior... If you are a draft pick, it like because you know when you go to the declare for the draft they give mm. you a projected pick. yeah if you are anywhere in those top five rounds never ever ever go back for your senior year and if you're a first rounder never go back for your senior year just wouldn't even think about it no, uh, but yeah i think bryce young it, the alabama offense always has a track team of receivers uh, I, yeah this this clearly only goes one way and i think bryce young's really gonna Nobody's seen him play, really, besides, like, spring game and stuff. So do you think he makes his mark and potentially says, hey, I'm the next big guy uh, in, in college football? Well, he has the potential to do that. I, I'm a little bit hesitant on him still, because when he did sub in last year, he never blew me away, but of course, I was already smashing the life out of things and he never... But, but look really... at how Mac Jones looked when he subbed in for two of the year before. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not high on this Alabama team, not massively. Um, I think they're just a year, you know, another year away because they'll always be around. Um, it's Man United. It's they never quite the smell will never quite go away. Um, sorry, United fan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I apologise because I don't like it. Um, but. We'll smash Miami. We'll smash Miami. 
that's it. I, I find Miami um, not massively overrated, but people are clinging on to them a little bit. Not for, I don't think it's from the two thirds and one legacy, um, but I think it. They still draw that. They want to be the bad boys, right? I don't see many bad boys. They're, they're that professional team, though. You know what I mean? That Nick Saban, I don't let freshmen do media stuff yeah, and, yeah. and all this and that. They, they run the, a very tight ship there. And that's that's literally the only reason I think they're as good as they are down the line is because everyone's disciplined. It's, it's kind mm. of like the Patriots. Everyone has a job to do and everyone goes out there and executes. So even that, where they are you know, as scarce as they could be on talent for or whatever, which for them is still 25 star recruits and, and 34 <laughs> yeah. star recruits. But, you know, it they're still that professional team and that they will go out there and if they have to get a scrappy win, I don't, I'm not saying that's happened against Florida, that'll probably come later in the team when they play, you know, some of the better teams like, um, mm. you know, if they have to play Georgia in the title game or when they play like at LSU or an Auburn, you know, I just, I just don't see him really being threatened that much this year. No, I, I, it's funny because we could have a situation where Saban and Belichick retire around the same time, and that will totally change the landscape of both facets of football. Yeah, because um, they're both the best to to ever do it. There's there's reasons why guys take pay cuts to to play at you know, the Patriots. And there's reasons mm. why guys are happy to not play all four years of their college career to play under Saban. Because sometimes in that system, all you need is one year. Yeah. I, when 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 this happens, I, mean, I don't know when it happened, but probably we've got five years top. Um, there'll be changes and it will be interesting to see who both of those different branches hire to replace each guy because... That'll be an interesting decision. It'll be like what happened when Bear Bryant left. It'll be up and down for a few years. And I'm you imagine, sure they'll... unless they strike like a year. Yeah, it's, you know, I don't think lightning strikes twice. Is very. I, I know a lot of NFL fans are hoping it doesn't with, you know, Mac Jones now in New England and stuff, but mm. which is a great fit given how too, you know, old and curmudgeonly those two fuckers are. But like, it's it's definitely the whole landscape is going to change when he when Saban's so, yeah, gone so. when Swinney's gone mm. uh, and even to an extent um, oh shit I forget uh, OSU's coach why why do I forget Ohio State facts their coach um, yeah I can't Ryan Day Ryan Day yeah like Jesus <laughs> when he's gone the the landscape's going to change. And then even to a lesser lesser extent, guys like Mike Leach and and Lane Kiffin, when they go, it's not, you know, that's not going to have as big a knock-on effect. But do do you think we finally see these teams sort of regress for a few years and some new powerhouses take up the mantle once these guys leave? I hope so. I hope so, just to... Like I said, it's become a little bit stale in the same things. Um, It'd be nice to, yeah, it'd be nice to... I'd love um, Lincoln Riley to go to the NFL, a bit of pace Cliff Kingsbury and uh, do it properly, and watch our Oklahoma struggle. Um, yeah, they can go a game over five hundred if they if they, <laughs> if, they if they fire Cliff. Which is the thing we I I think me and you have talked about this before. But how how the fuck a roster that talented? It is so bad. It's literally it's got to be coaching. Look at the Browns yeah. under Freddie Kitchens. Uh, they they make me laugh. It's so. Um, 
They are so talented and so badly coached. Um, everyone knows that. Why have they not done anything about it? It was I mean, it, it was the air raid. They fell at uh, what did he go five and twelve or some shit? Like he was a, he was a shit college coach. He gets what, a, what was he five and? It was something it was terrible. Un, like, it was under five hundred. Yeah, yeah. It was five. It was a five win season, and there's like he didn't even make a fucking bowl game. And yeah. they're like, let's get him in the NFL. And it was the same thing that happened. It's around 2010 when everyone became obsessed with the wildcat formation in the NFL. Everyone's got that little air raid obsession now. Or, oh, you had lunch with uh, Sean McVay two years ago. (laughs) Got a job for you here. Come in here and and run this offense. So, the the 49ers fan, I would chip Kelly for two years. Um, We fell for that rubbish as well. That didn't work. Well, look at Saban. He was not very good in the NFL. That's true. So, so I think the. The crossover maybe is, is a little bit harder than anyone expected. I mean, he's eked out more wins than he had a, a college team, but also he had more games to play and a lot more talent. So yeah. he walked you know, into a bad situation, but and a win was handed to him by the fact that Kyler's got a rocket and DeAndre Hopkins was, you know, ten yards of where the ball was thrown. Um, and if, what about if Nick Saban? It's not going to happen. But just say it's an NFL gig. After this season, because he's going to have one more shot at it. I mean, what is he? He's late 60s. Uh, yeah, he's like 68 or something. He's fucking right, old. So if he thinks I'm going to give a shot, do you think he'd have a better chance this time around? I don't think he would. No. And no. I don't think he would take that opportunity because I think for it's guys like him, like Bill Belichick, the only reason that guy is still coaching is to prove he can win games without Brady. That, that's a fact and he won way more games last year than he had any business doing with the roster he had <laughs> the the fact that he won seven games in his quarterback through eight touchdowns and 10 interceptions is, is actually a mystery to me but for guys like Saban and for guys like Belichick uh, and to a further extent guys like Ryan Day they want to go out on top because it's all about legacy for them as much as they talk about oh and, and they might care about, oh, I want to get these players graduated. I want to send these guys to the NFL. I want them to have a good life. Yeah, but at the end of the day, what they care about is their legacy, what they leave mm. behind. And would he take, you know, what, 20 million bucks uh, and then struggle for three years in the NFL and people say, oh, he weren't shit. He was only good at the college level or whatever. Do you think he – I don't think that there's any amount of money that could let him do that. You don't need the money. The money's there. Yeah, the money won't be a factor. You're right. It's, it's, he doesn't want to fall. Like, why? Why? He doesn't have to prove anything to these one. Everything needs to be won multiple times at a college level. One little foul stint in the NFL is not going to ruin um, what what he was or still is. Um, I'm just interested to see if, if yeah, if he. If he take well, I'd love on. to see it. I would love to see him yeah. have a go, especially if you got to a team, you know. I'm not saying Brian Flores' job is not safe, but if he ended up at like a Miami so he could work with Tua or something or, or, or where he, he had a a few Alabama guys, guys he's got a rapport with, could he pull anything? Look, even the Eagles, because Jalen Hurts is there. I know, mm. you know, there's probably a bit of tension between him and Jalen Hurts, but they're both grown-ups and he knows how Jalen Hurts plays as a player. So I think there's, you know, but yeah, I, I just don't... Get yeah, I'd love to see it. I just think guys like that are too obsessed with legacy to ever put that at jeopardy by by doing something that they know is a lot harder. Yeah, I think you're right. The, the, the control I have in a college program is so different to the NFL. Um, I, I do think we'll see Lincoln Riley leave soon. Try it. And 
like I said, he's got a better chance of succeeding than Kingsbury have had because he's a better coach for us, but obviously Moles, Moles. Um, but he could always end if it fails, walk straight back into a college kick easy. Yeah. What he's done already. And there's um there's two more big games we should probably wrap up uh mm-hmm. before we get to the end here. There's Notre Dame, Florida, which is happening on Sunday, interestingly enough. I think that's a game Notre Dame probably takes comfortably. Sorry, Andy, but uh, I just think they've got so much talent there right now that, yeah, they're going to miss Ian Book, but also it was Ian Book. He was never like <laughs> a superstar quarterback. Um, I know Ed will have a laugh at that one. I know he wasn't the biggest. As much as he's a Notre Dame fan, I don't think he's the world's biggest Ian Book fan. Uh, I think, yeah, that's probably a comfortable Notre Dame win. Yeah, Ian Book, Ed. Be fair, but was a, was a very serviceable college quarterback. Um, he had no right being drafted. It was in the fourth round. Yeah, to That's, New Orleans, and uh, they've 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 not let him go. This that there's a guy they really like something about him. Well, uh, well he must have pictures of saying on someone. <laughs> you don't get drafted. Book shouldn't get drafted for. Yeah. It's a full nice draft of CJ Beth in the third round. I choked in my bloody beer then, and. <laughs> Almost did the same. I'd be out my nose when they drafted the book this year um, in the fourth round. That was ridiculous. But he was a good British quarterback. Um, I think, yeah, I think Notre Dame will win the game. I think people have been a little bit harsh on Florida State. There's, there's, Florida State still attract decent recruits. Um, if the coaching, if the coaching slipped down so badly, I think, over the last few years. Well, I um, think they just, just killed the number one there. recruit from 2022. Right, yeah. I mean, Quite a good enough to get out. Um, they still managed to attract them in the first place. Um, if they if they'll behave themselves, they're decent. I quite like the defensive line. Yeah, they're not as bad as we make out, but lose the game. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I spoke with Andy about this as well, and I think Florida State not this year, but next year are definitely on for a big year with some of the recruits they've got in. Um, and then the final game, which has been playing on Monday, Lord knows why they're playing a fucking college football game <laughs> on Monday, but is Louisville versus... I'm, I'm trying not... Look, I, my girlfriend asked me for this. We live near Kentucky. We're in Cincinnati. And the way Americans pronounce Louisville is Louisville, and I hate it. Um, so it's Louisville versus Ole Miss, and this could actually be a tough game for Ole Miss. I know... Me personally, I am huge on Matt Corral. I think that guy, if he can stop getting in his own head when he throws one interception, he he could be a legitimate uh, draft prospect. Um, how do we think this game shakes out? As long as Matt Cor- Corral keeps it under control a little bit. I think, I think Rural will keep it fairly close. Um, I think it's going to be a point in this. Um I don't think either offers too much defensively for this. I like Crow as well. When you see some of the interceptions he throws, they are all numbingly odd. You know, what is you'll, he you'll notice though, the first interception he throws in the game is never the bad one. It's always the ones that come after. Well, he's trying to hard them, right? Yeah, I think he's trying to, to you know, we call them hero throws. He's trying <laughs> yeah. to have that big 99-yard play every single play, and it leads to mistakes when sometimes taking, you know, three yards on a rub route might actually be the right idea. So, Yeah, yeah, he's in the wrong place to do that anyway um, because if you would encourage him to lob it as far as he can. 
look, as a prospect, I mean, if he can, if he can tidy this up, he's, yeah, he's, he's intriguing, very intriguing. I don't think he's first round intriguing, but I think he's intriguing. Um, I, I was really high on Malik Cunningham for last year, and I, that whole thing seemed to regress. Um, I, I think I'm he fell foul to the Lamar Jackson comparisons, honestly, because he was just a dual threat guy at Louisville. Yeah, hello, yeah, dual threat. Louisville, you must be very similar to Lamar. They're totally different. Um, uh, Malik Cunningham, even the front of Lamar is, he's not even the pass of Lamar is now, which isn't very much. Um, they are popped out on him a little bit. They've played really quite like uh, the 2019 was decent. Um, but last year's was good. I think I'll miss win, but yeah, I think there's points. I think there's lots of points. Um, but I think it's just too much missing from that Louisville offense. They lost. Two out well, which I can't get started yeah, on the second round. Two to out well, because I can't get on the Even Hawkins was a, a fun, huge scat back who, who was incredibly quick and, and was fit. I don't think he's caught on anywhere. Uh, but they're missing those two components to an offense that needs those kind of components. I don't know what the next man up is at Louisville for that. Yeah, and then. Yeah. They do have Kendrick Duncan, though. I think he's one of the, the better safeties in college football at the moment. I know he's probably not super hard on uh, on a lot of people's bo- uh, boards, but I actually I actually like him. I think he's actually a fairly serviceable safety. So maybe they have a, tight, he... they have a Titan called Marshawn Ford, and I do like him um, at Louisville. I, I do like him. Um, he's a bit undersized, but you know, he's not going to. He's, he's a nice uh, flex out kind of Titan. Yeah, it's just it's one of those games where both teams are not what they were a few years yeah. ago. And as much as I like Lane Kiffin, I do think he's absolutely fucking bonkers. So the way he makes Matt Corral play isn't conducive to, you know, ball safety <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot of the time when he's like, "Are you just for a really bad interception?" It's fine. Throw it into triple coverage again. See what happens. They might all miss. Um, I would drug test Kiffin after every game, honestly. Kiffin needs to be drug tested before he even comes to the building every day. That guy's <laughs> lunatic. When he was at was at FAU, and he must have really liked Last Chance U because he he grabbed like <laughs> yeah. he grab? They recruited just watched some telly. Tim Bonner, Jeffrey, uh, mm. DeAndre Johnson, a bunch of guys. He just yeah. went after. I was like, that's ballsy. So. Yeah, mad as a box of frogs. But I think I think I think we've given a fairly comprehensive wrap up there of the mm. well, the, the most interesting games for sure. I don't think anyone wants us to break down Duquesne versus TCU, or oh, I don't ready, mate. I don't ready. Or or W and M versus Virginia, or Northwestern State, North Texas, or or a personal favorite of mine, which I think will be you know a powerhouse game: Monmouth versus Middle Tennessee State. Uh, Monmouth, I don't know what they're called, but they're, yeah, they're not. <laughs> I will yeah. shout out K State. I do fancy K State to beat Stanford this week. Um, oh, I'm that's the game the I forgot. Yeah, Kansas, uh, Kansas State versus Stanford. That's going to be a fun game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's no, no no Davis Mills though, which is I think what's going to be the biggest adjustment for Stanford. Uh, that's, that's yeah, Stanford. Allies. I just have a thing for Skyler Thompson. I think um, he just, yeah, he's just a, 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 he's another fun college quarterback to watch. But he had a bad injury, so I just, I just want to see if he comes back. But um, if he does, I think they beat them. 
It's all miss uh, Louisville game is like the uh, it's like you've been on a weekend binge and you come back and you just stick on Netflix just to sort of get you through that last bit. Um, so there's some proper things, the sort of party ones, and then yeah, the old Miss Louisville is yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to barely watch this through my eyes, but we will watch it because it still is going to be entertaining. Yeah, I think, you know, that, that's, you know, it's, it's going to be that sort of game because it's going to be fun, but it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be a technical marvel, masterpiece. Not for the it's purists. Not, it's not going to be a chess game, um, so to speak. It's going to be a lot of uh, sloppy football played there, probably some big sacks, probably some terrible interceptions. Um and there is there is one game we missed that I actually think will be a fairly decent game, and that's uh, sorry, two games that we missed that are going to be good. Indiana versus Iowa. Uh, I think yeah. Indiana run away with that personally. If Michael Penix stays healthy and stops putting his body on the line for two yards, uh, <laughs> that will yeah, be no, a fairly if, fun game. If Penix is fit, that's a yeah, that's and then and win West Virginia Maryland, which you know. Is a crapshoot, really, just because of the, the two teams involved. And I said crapshoot because it's probably going to be a bit of a crap game. But, but, <laughs> but it will at least be fun. And we've got um, Tolia Tagovailoa, who's Tua's younger brother. He's going to be playing. A lot of people are like looking for that. So, Like Dante Dimas said, a wide receiver. He's um, play like, I think he's draftable. Um, there's not much draftable talent on, on Maryland's roster. Um, West Virginia have their fun moments, um, but they haven't got Becky Smith now, so I just can't root for them at all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's another sloppy, sloppy game that that might have its fun moments. Maybe, maybe like um, both teams will play like Hawaii, and we can we can have a bit of fun at their expense. I think anyone can play as bad as Hawaii did. That was yeah, that was just atrocious. I don't know, mate. I've watched some FCS games before. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for joining us today, guys. It was, it was a bit more of an informal episode than I think we're used to, but it was just, you know, a bit of fun uh, getting the previews in. We had a good talk about the Heisman. I've got a bloody shirt and tie on. Don't give me informal. Yeah, I, I wore my tux today, but I didn't do the bow tie. I forgot how to do it up. Um, but yeah, it was a fun episode today. Thanks for joining me, Keith. Um, Please, mate. You are Lord Lucan on Twitter. Correct. I am, yeah, that is correct. Um, I don't know why I asked, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid, it sounds stupid, but I'm a bit stupid, really. And then I am the himbo F10Y, which, you know, I'm a himbo, I'm used to being stupid, or so my girlfriend tells me. Thanks for joining us today, guys. We will have a Heisman article coming for you, I believe, Saturday. So get yourself strapped in, get ready to watch college football, guys, because finally, football is back. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Full 10 Yards. Thank you for tuning in to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We have great information and some great content for you guys. Keep on flying that flag.